Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have manager at Big Loud, Braden Griffith. You can hear Braden's story of growing up playing drums and even touring with the Eli Young Band. You also hear about his work at Big Loud now and managing Ben Burgess. I had a great time meeting up with Braden for this interview. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. How you doing today, Brady? Good, man. Thank you for having me. So, getting right into your story, you grew up where and what was your childhood like? Uh, so, I grew up in a little small town in Alabama. Um, very, very small. We have a red light at Walmart. That's oh, about wow. it. Uh, <laughs> a little bit bigger. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just always loved music. Started off as a drummer. Um, did, yeah, just played drums since I was six and got in like the, the high school band and all that fun stuff. Um, got very influenced by a bunch of national musicians and I want to do that one day <laughs> so I just got very passionate about that and um, but yes always I had a great family love my mom and dad they were always super supportive like doing the music thing and chasing my dreams there so yeah man just uh, started chasing a dream real early and then that was just like my focus it seemed my like it so, yeah. yeah did you have any family that did music or were you kind of the one that found um, it on yourself my dad was a bass player okay uh, still is a bass player um and also my uncle was a drummer so okay. i mean they were not like doing it like i'm doing it i guess you could say i did it for fun and hobbies but i was always around it yeah and stuff so so how did you get into the Nashville scene so early? It seemed like just as a like young kid, you were doing shows at the Opry or like just sitting on drum sets. Dude, I've drummers. been I've been so blessed. Um, I, I truly like it's hard to believe sometimes. Like uh, I'm here in LA with Ben Burgess right now, which is one of my artists I worked with, and we were literally just having a conversation about this the other day. It's just like I had this like reality moments, like well, I'm doing this. But um, young age, at the age of 17. I told people I was 18 at the time, which that's another story for a second. But the age of 17, uh, the, the Eli Young Band hired me right out of high school. Um, I was senior year in high school. Um, I met the drummer Chris Thompson. I was on a youth trip water park thing in um, somewhere, Tipton, Georgia, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and they were playing the water park there. And I, um, one of my mentors, Rich Redmond, uh, he plays drums for Aldine. I messaged him like, dude, like, I just want to meet the drummer. I just kind of say hello, and I'm just like this envious kid, like just trying to meet everybody, and like this is the coolest stuff to me. It still is. Yeah. Uh, and Rich lined up for me to meet him, and Chris made the mistake of giving me his phone number, <laughs> and I just messaged him like every week or every five days, like, hey man, you ever need a drum tech, or you ever need somebody out there to rub your back for you or whatever? Just like, I just anything, like, just get on the road, and finally he's like. We're doing a show in Augusta, Georgia, um, like next week or whatever. Like, come on out yeah. and like just give it a shot. And humbly, I say I killed it. <laughs> and then just from there, we just linked up and just started doing more and more shows. And eventually, they brought me on full time. And um, truly, I owe my—I mean, I owe my career to a lot of people, in my personal opinion. But those guys—they're the first people or the first group that like really took a chance on me and like just showed me support uh, from a very young age. Uh, sure. Legally, I wasn't even supposed to be out there, but um, I'll get to that story, like I said, in a minute. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's just really cool. I owe a lot to those guys. But then uh, Rich Redman, um, he was very supportive. Um, he became a mentor. I went to one of his drummers' camps um, back when I was really trying to go after the drumming thing, and um, he just really invested a lot into me and poured into me and just really mentored me and guided. Um, same thing with Jim Riley, which is I, Rascal he's, Flats, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the reason I'm in music altogether. It was a Rascal Flats show back in 2006, and sure. watched him play. And he had this like red Ludwig red sparkle drum kit and I'm like I want to do that <laughs> and uh, I did went home and I just like, researched and looked up everything Jim Riley and watched every video possible and every interview and I just that's what I did I went to school came home and just researched and played drums all day for sure so yeah now other than Rascal Flatts uh, I want to get back into Eli Young band in a bit yeah but um who were some of the first bands you consumed that like really like made you like feel connection to music man Truly, like, it sounds cliche, but Rascal Flatts is a very big inspiration to me. Uh, my mom was a huge fan of them. Okay. Um, so she had all the CDs. I remember riding around with her around my small town, Jasper, just listening to that um, listen to those records. Um, but country music as a whole, like, um, that was a huge influence on me. That was, I mean, that's what I listened to. Right. Uh, then also my dad was really into Southern Gospel. Okay, cool. Um, so I always was around that, around church music, and just, I was, anytime the church doors were open, I grew up, I was in there. Yeah. Um, so I was, that was a big influence to me as well. Were you drumming in church or like local bands? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's funny, man. I, I started off, my family, we were a Church of Christ family, mm -hmm. and uh, then we met to Baptist, went to Methodist, and then went. You've been everywhere. I went to Church of God after that, so like the full on went from no music to full on Southern Gospel, oh, wow. running the pews and stuff, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a huge influence to me growing up. So, are you still in high school then? When you get that text from Eli Young Band that you yeah on the road, I was. So it was my second week. I met them during the summer, uh, right before my senior year started, and then um, yeah, Chris. I did that trial show, excuse me, that show in Georgia I talked about. That was like right before school started. Was J.D. Groover part of that show? I know he ran a club in Tifton, uh, Georgia, for a bit. Maybe. 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 I feel like I know that name. He's a A&R at Seagull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think he belongs. I think he was. I got you. I don't want to confirm. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to confirm here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was like right before school started, and then like I was already two weeks in, and Chris was like, hey, we're doing this run. Do you want to do it? And I will like he didn't really understand my schooling situation and stuff at the time. I was just like, yeah, just, you tell me when to be here. I'll be there. And <laughs> he says me that text. I go home to my parents. I'm like, hey, I have to do this. Right. I, have to, totally. I have to do it. And I'm like, if you don't let me. You're like, I'm getting I'm gonna make you. <laughs> I'm going to make you miserable. <laughs> I was like, I was that kid. I was so just like, I was just, I wanted it so bad. Yeah. And um, luckily I had the most supportive parents. And uh, I moved to an online high school program and went on the road. And like it was, we did sound check. Everybody else kind of chilled, take naps, do the thing. I'd go into my bunk and do school for four or five hours and do the show and load out, go back to my bunk and do school for an hour before I go to bed and then just repeat it the next day. And wow. did that for a solid six months to a year and then graduated. I got a high school diploma. It's not a GED, it's a high school diploma. I did the same thing. I, I finished my high school online because I was doing so much trips to Nashville and stuff. And man, I should have done it a lot earlier. It's like. I finished early, technically, and I was <laughs> way faster. And honestly, I. I feel like I got more out of it. Yeah. Like, it's focused more on it, but that's just me. Right. So, I mean, you got to go all over the world with Eli Young Band, the two. Like, you guys did some military shows? Yeah, so, well, that's, that's another cool story as well. So, Chris, um, obviously, I was his drum tech, and this, it's a band. It's not an artist. It's a band. So, there's a front man, Mike, and bass player, guitar player, and Chris, the drums, and they're all original members. Um, 
Chris had his first baby. Um, and he called me and like, hey, so Kristen, my wife's pregnant. I'm like, ah. uh, he's like, I have to miss shows. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, I want you to do them. Got happy again. So he asked me to fill in for him, which one of the biggest honors I was able to do. But the shows included in that was the overseas shows we did. So I was able to go to South Korea, um, the Bahamas with them. Went all the way up to Thule Air Force Base. Yeah, I believe it was Air Force Base up in Greenland. Uh, but I was able to like, play drums. I wasn't going as a crew guy. I was able to play drums with them. And I was like, that was just a complete full circle moment. My one and only tattoo is right here on my chest. Is, Keep on dreaming even if it breaks your heart, which cliche and stuff, but is dude, that song itself is like such an inspiration to me and that was the first band that took a chance on me and like just so cool. Anytime around those guys I have those like pinch me moments, like still to this day. They're for friends but Still, they're the Eli Young Yeah, they're the Eli Young band. So. <laughs> so where were they at in their career at that time? Had Crazy Girl popped off at that time or anything? That was before me. Crazy Girl was already a smash at that point. Um, I was actually, like, after Drunk Last Night, which was, um, that was just, like, a major hit with them. Right. They just finished it up. Uh, I think when I hopped on with them, the big thing for them at the time, they had the collaboration Honey and Good with yeah. Andy, uh, Andy Grammer right. at the time. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was like, they were on the Toby Keith tour at that time. When I joined. Oh, so that dang. was like my first, like there were openings. That was like my first like amphitheaters and stuff to see. So, dude, that was like some of my favorite times of my career. I was on like a small salary, had no responsibilities. I just lived life. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was the decision like? Was it? Did you leave that because the original drummer was coming back after his baby was born? Well, or? so I, I left Eli Young Band before I filled in for them. Okay. Um, like I said, I was a drum tech, and then um, my passion was just drums. It was, I love teching for Chris, and I would, if he called me right now and I was able, I'd go do it today. Um, but I just, I wanted to play drums. It was very hard for me to sit side stage and see somebody else like in that spot, which that's his spot, obviously. I was like, right. who's this kid? I was a kid, so <laughs> like, uh, but I left that because I had an opportunity to play drums in a band. Um, this small rock band out in Nashville that tried to convince me we were going to be the next big thing and now the band doesn't exist anymore but it's okay it's just a stepping stone of the next thing that was for me um, but yeah I just I wanted to play drums so I left doing that with their blessing they were completely supportive and like to this day like they're still some of my greatest friends and mentors and stuff so I'm a forever Eli Young Band fan that's for sure. <laughs> so was it coming out of that gig that you made the decision that hey maybe I want to go into management and step away from drums or what was that process? Oh, it was actually like? so I left for that band I talked about uh -huh. and then I left that band to go play drums uh, for Low Cash. Okay. Oh, Excuse sick. me. Was one step back I went and played for Michael Tyler. Okay. Uh, and I was actually like a track guy I wasn't even the drums I was like the percussionist like track guy thing which was cool like it was something that really Rich Redmond actually lined up for me. Uh, Michael Knox was producing him at the time. Um, Michael Tyler, that is. And yeah. um, we were opening for Low Cash. So, therefore, that's how I got introduced to them. And then Low Cash kind of stole me over, uh, which I wanted to go because it was the drumming opportunity. I wanted to play. Right. So, I was like, I love Michael Tyler to death. And he's one of the most talented songwriters in Nashville, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I went to Low Cash and my first day on the job they fired their tour manager and uh, it was like hey we know you like TM assists 
I like assisted the tour manager for Eli Youngman when I was with him. I didn't have the official title, but I just helped. I was just trying to learn and grow, so I was always just trying to get myself into all the situations and stuff. So, totally. um, so I started intermediate like tour managing for Low Cash and playing for them. And then what turned was supposed to be two weeks for them to find somebody, hire somebody, turned into my entire time with them. Uh, so I drummed and tour managed them. And that was my first like tour managing opportunity. Um, and I just loved it. It was just, I was very passionate about it. Um, I had a lot of people tell me like, I'm good at it. Uh, so that's was kind of like the flip for that. And uh, when I left Low Cash, um, I kind of had a reality like, I'm an okay drummer, which I love drums. I still do to this day, but I just like had the reality like, I'm an okay drummer. I'm a really good, humbly I say, like tour manager. Yeah. Which I learn stuff every day. Um, sure. Try to at least. Um, that was like the reality mo moment. I'm like, I'm going to chase after this or try this. And then just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity kept popping up. And then here we are. Yeah. So just kind of that the universe and God, I guess, just kind of laying that path out. You just never really know. But Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I'd like to take a pause to thank this week's mid-break sponsor, Termery. As busy musicians, it is crucial that you get a good night's sleep so you can go on the road or in the studio well-rested. And that's where Termery comes into play. With a wide variety of mattresses, mattress toppers, beddings, and pillows, Termery is your one-stop shop to a good night's sleep. I personally use their 5-Zone mattress topper, which was designed to target and relieve pressure points, and I can truly say I have seen a change in my night's sleep. Termery also takes pride in using sustainable materials in their products, such as pure organic, non-GMO cotton, latex, bamboo, and linen. So go check them out for yourself at Termery.com and use code SSM10 for 10% off your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the episode. You know what I thought was so crazy, I, like doing research for this, I saw it was right when you picked up the low cash gig, a uh, caption in your Instagram photo was, I hope, uh, I love this life goes number one. And now it's like such a huge no, song. No, 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 right? Like I couldn't even think about it not being a number no. one, you know? Actually that song, did it, I think that song actually capped off at number two. There's so many songs like that of songwriters getting robbed that it like caps at it number two. It capped off at number two, but it's still like a smash for those guys. Their first number one, I was actually with them when it went number one, was I Know Somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, which is like their second smash hit. But those guys are fun, man. They're they're always a good time wherever you pop up at. So. For sure. <laughs> so what was the first gig that you picked up as a tour manager? Was it Marcus King then? or? So Low Cash is the first tour managing one. Oh, coming out, yeah. Um, and then left low cash and then I kind of chased after that drumming thing just a little bit longer play that locally in uh, Nashville and stuff and that's when Brett Young picked me up okay um, and I w went out with him as his assistant tour manager actually um, it's so funny when Brett hired me I had two other job offers at the time all tour managing um, I had an offer from Riley Green which was with his old management I don't even know if Riley knows I had that offer but his old manager made that offer to me and then we just never really followed up on it and then uh, Lone Star had an offer from them uh, which those are some big inspirations to me too I grew up listening to those guys um, and then Brett called me and uh, honestly like of all the jobs and stuff like financially like Brett was like hey like this was right when Brett's like blowing up this is like very young in his career so like hey I can't pay you a lot but I can Pay a little. Um, I'd love to have you out. We'll grow this as we go. And it was a big like sacrifice for me, but my gut just told me like I gotta go with Brett. Yeah. Uh, I played with Brett a little bit before that. I was playing drums, filling in uh, for his drummer Billy Hahn, another great friend of mine. Um, 
and then Brett and I hit it off, and he was just very, very good to me. And I just, like I said, that gut feeling, like, I got to work for this guy. And um, took the chance, dealt with, like, the low income for a little bit. And I was young, so I didn't need a lot at the time. And um, a few months into it, he was like, hey, like, we're going to bump you up to this. Like, we want you full time. Like, yeah. let's do this. And, uh, yeah, stayed with him, man. And then from there, um, uh, actually, I was with Brett, and then I did a trial run with Morgan Rollin. No way. Um, as his assistant TM, another great, my best friend, Philip Haney, was his tour manager at the time. And I went out as his TM assist trial. Um, it was great. And actually, they offered me a job that weekend, and I took it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to Brett and uh, told him, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do this. And uh, he convinced me to stay, actually, um, which that's another, another story for another time. But <laughs> it's uh, just that gut feeling thing I just like just kind of followed that yeah and um, which people like say why don't you not take the Morgan thing I'm like well was, at the time it just wasn't right for me yeah. but um, yeah did that and then it's funny like Brett convinced me to stay and then three weeks later we actually parted ways um, and then from that um, I went on and worked I wanted to be like the tour manager yeah. I was I wanted to be a tour manager like so bad but I was always like the assistant mm-hmm. so I was just I was like right there as I was doing all this stuff it's like my young, eager self, I'm like, I want to be the tour manager. <laughs> um, so I left that, and um, I worked with uh, Seaforth. Oh, yeah, uh, great guys. They're all, dude, they're... Killing it recently, too. Killing it, and you can't... Like, it's impossible to be in a room with them and not laugh or just <laughs> smile and be happy. They're, they're just great energy anywhere you go. Uh, and then a uh, young female artist, Kaylee Hammock, yeah. which is also another just staple in my opinion. She's amazing as an artist and a human. Um, and that's where I kind of learned a lot as a tour manager. I was really thankful for the Kaylee opportunity too, um, because she was my first female artist to work with. And let me tell you something, you learn so much by working like with a female artist versus a male artist. Probably a lot more like, organized, right? Well, that and like, I didn't know you accounted for glam and like all this stuff. Like you have to like, like you put like two hours in for hair and makeup. I'm like, Jeez. no. Uh, was I supposed to? Uh, like, and like fashion, there's all this stuff. It's like so much more that goes into it. But I learned so much with it. It's helping me like the stuff I do today. So yeah. very thankful for that opportunity. And then also with uh, Kaylee's uh, project when I was on it, she was uh, partnering with Mary Hilliard at Red Light, which is one of my idols in the management stuff. Like, I've always told people in other interviews I've done, it's like, I'll go, I want to be like the next Mary Hilliard at Nashville <laughs> or next Seth England in Nashville. It's like, there's like the staples, like for me, it's like, look what these people are doing. So uh, that was very cool to get to work with her and that, um, the Red Light team there. So, uh, and then from that, uh, pandemic came along and nobody had nothing. Um, I was going to go back out with Kaylee uh, we had tours lined up and just stuff get rescheduled, canceled, rescheduled, canceled. And uh, that's during the pandemic I met Marcus King. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, um, Robert Bull, uh, everybody calls him Bull. He's over at the Claire, uh, Claire Global. It's an audio company in Nashville. Um, he used to be the monitor engineer for the Rolling Stones. Oh, no. Uh, so if you ever meet the guy, just ask him for some Rolling Stones stories, dude. It's, <laughs> You'll be captivated the entire time. But, uh, one of my greatest supporters and mentors in town as well, and um, he recommended me to my now great friend, uh, Tim Metro, which is Marcus's management team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim's worked with everybody. Um, but Tim called me and hired me during the pandemic for some social distance shows. So uh, Marcus is doing like three-week run of like just a spread out like pod 
shows, if you remember those, mm-hmm. um, which were fun at the time. But we went out, it was like the trio set up for Marcus, and um, we hit it off, and it was supposed to just be like a run, and that's it. And we just hit it off, and he became a really great friend of mine. Um, and then, yeah, we just ended up working together during the pandemic and just figured out how we could continue to work together. Um, he built a studio in the basement of his house, and he actually hired me. Um, I built it all out for him, and I just built the studio from the ground up, and we just kind of started doing sessions down there. And um, During the pandemic, I learned so much because I got back into like, doing like audio and like engineering stuff, which I did like when I was a kid like in church. I was doing sound. It was like, this cable goes here, and blah, blah, blah. I just kind of <laughs> learned all of it. Um, it was fun to get back into that, but with that, like I was able to get like engineering credit. I got engineering credit on a Common record, like the rapper Common. Wow. That Marcus collaborated with. Um, I was able to do like live streams, like Lyle Lovett down yeah. there. Like, dude, we did a bunch of stuff. Uh, got engineering credit for Lettuce and Mastodon record. I got engineering credit on. I mean, that guy, he, I owe a lot to him. He was very, very good to me with my time with him, and um, honestly, probably the most talented guy I've worked with music musically and vocally yeah uh, it's just absolutely incredible but uh pandemic started slowing down we got back into touring and we got the full band and we just continued working together did the stapleton tour together and um yeah i was with marcus for about two and a half years and um that led me to management which just here and it's like i just want to take the next step I'm like, i want to be like what, what i said like the next mary hillier or whatever so yeah uh, this big loud opportunity came along and um i had to have a tough conversation with marcus like hey i want to move on and um that was really sad and i, I still support him and I'm, i feel like he still supports me and stuff but um yeah it's just like that's just another chapter in the book so so how does the Big Loud opportunity come about? Do you get a text, email? How do you find out about it? Uh, so Troy Johnson, everybody knows him as Tracker. Um, one of my favorite people in Nashville. Um, probably the smartest person, in my opinion, in Nashville. He was a tour manager um, and then just led into Big Loud. He's been, been with Big Loud for a very long time. But, I mean, he's, in my, again, my personal opinion, he's one of the major parts of Morgan's success, uh, major parts of Hardy's success. Um, he has this new guy, his name's Jake Worthington. Oh, um, right, yeah. He's another incredible, like, that pure He's about to pop sound. off. Dude, he has Ash and Crab. He used to tour manage uh, Florida Georgia Line. He was with them, like, on their rise. I mean, uh, but I met him through the Eli Young Bang guys, actually. He used to tour manage them back in the day. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he just gave me a call. He's actually the one that offered me the Morgan gig. And he, I was the one, he was the one that I told, like, hey, actually, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, so the fact he even called me again and thought of me uh, for an opportunity like this, like, it blew my mind when I got the call. Um, but, yeah, I thought about it. I did an interview. He lined up an interview with Seth England and Greg Thompson, which are president and CEO of the company. And, um, yeah, just here we are. Came came from that. It's, just, it's nuts. But it's all about, in my, again, personal opinion, who you know, like just this person knows this person that knows this person that connects you with this person is just a climbing ladder of that. Yeah. So. so something I think is so cool is like I think Big Loud has like a family aspect that like a lot of Absolutely. other labels don't have. And like you on the inside of it, what is that like? Do you see like uh, that kind of like sets that tone that like makes Big Loud like stand out in a special place? Um, this doesn't make me sound like I'm kissing my boss's ass, but this is the truth. Um, the leadership yeah. in that company, and I've seen it. Um, in my short amount of time there, um, there's not a better leader and a CEO of a company than Seth England. 
I'm going to say it right now, and I declare it. Um, Craig Wiseman, uh, I've had very little communication with that man, but just like... The king. Yeah, he's Craig Wiseman. Uh, Craig Thompson, which is like my direct boss, uh, he's actually based here in L.A., out okay. of the Live Nation offices, but just, just the leadership and the encouragement and the empowerment. Like, when I started, I was really nervous because this is my first, like, office management gig, I guess you could say, and I was like, touring side, I'm killing it. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, boom, 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 I'm doing all this advancement, just helping like these beginning acts like BIM and yeah. stuff uh, get started. And then all the other stuff, I'm like, I was kind of scared to like do anything or say anything because I've never done it. I'm like, well, should I do this? Should I say something here? Yeah. Like, they were just very good, like, you're good. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, I will let you know if you do something wrong and it's like, even down like correct me on the things that I do not necessarily do wrong but I can do better and stuff it's like they're incredible but then everybody at Big Loud it is a, definitely a family atmosphere like um, every Wednesday they have this thing like in the office they have like this happy hour thing at Billy's Idol Hours like a couple blocks up from the office like everybody just goes and hangs and has a beer with everybody it just um, we hang out with everybody like outside of work hours and stuff. So um, it's my dream company to work for. The fact that I am an employee of that company, I still like pinch myself. And the fact I'm talking to you about it, I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, very, very. So at 22, you get named uh, National 30 Under 30. What does that mean to you? Uh, I was very shocked when I got that. Yeah. Uh, I was nominated by my friend Rocky Block, which is actually a writer. At yeah, Big we had him on the show. Great I saw guy. that. I saw yeah. that. Love Rocky and his brother Grady. Um, but yeah, uh, Zach Coon, um, which runs that, um, hit me up, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. But the things that came from that was like, I had no idea. I, I got it. I was like, well, this is cool. This is <laughs> awesome. Like, but like the people that reached out, like started following me and asking me questions and opportunities, like that came. Like, hey, I saw you were National Thirty Under Thirty. I'm like, wow, that was a really big deal. Apparently, but right. um, yeah, that was really cool. And I'm very appreciative of the people that lined that up and did that for me. So, so fast forward to now, you're, uh, you're on tour with Benny Burgess, uh, one of the best riders in country, and about to pop off as a star. Tears the size of Texas, heartbreak. What do you? Uh, what's it like to be on the tour with Benny? Man, maybe one day he'll get a character or a personality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. Uh, he's turned into a really good friend of mine. Um, honestly, he's he's about as real as you get. Yeah. Like what you see is what you get. Um, definitely one of the best songwriters I've worked with. But his, his artistry. There goes his band right there. Uh, but he's he's just. That's the best way to sum it up. So what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, but he's just a caring person. He just he cares about the people. Cares about um, just like his band, his crew. He's looking after everybody else for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like at the label and management. Like it's, he's all under like the same house, with the exception of publishing. He's at Warner Publishing. But he's just like so grateful. He's like always asking me like, Hey, I need you to line up this meeting so I can go personally thank everybody face to face. I'm like, <laughs> but I promise a text like I mean a lot to him. Just send him a text. We'll do that later on. But like, yes. He just cares and he's just on a drive and um, he can't believe that this is happening like with his career and he's going from songwriter to artist. So yeah. it's really cool just to be on that ride with him and uh, just see that uh, like that true like thankfulness come from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're doing that Co Wetzel show tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, the Novo, and yeah, man, it's, it's really cool to be on that ride with him. 
I saw you got to be like uh, behind the camera during the Tears of Size of Texas music video. I think that was so cool because it was such a cinematic video. I love how he gets shot at the end. Justin Clough, man. <laughs> did, so did you have any like uh, talks in the background of like uh, inspiration for the video? Or Not a bit. Just watching? Not a bit. <laughs> uh, just to be completely honest, that it came from Justin Clough, which he's uh, hired at Big Loud. He's the in-house video director. Um, but yeah, he. that was one of those moments too. That was very early in my career at Big Loud. So I was like... Should I say something? Should I not? Like, should I just stay back here and just stay out of the way? But Justin was very good, like, including me, which I'm very thankful to him. It's like, hey, let me know if this is approved. Let me know what you and Ben think about this and stuff. And, like, just made me open up to him, which obviously I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I had nothing negative to say at all. <laughs> but just the fact that they, like, wanted my opinion and trying to pull that out of me and of Ben, that was, was really cool. But, dude, that, the concept behind that, that's all Justin. So, now, I like to close all my interviews. What's a piece of advice that you've learned along your journey in music that you give to an aspiring artist or someone that wants to be in management like you? That's a really good question. Um, actually, I had somebody tell me this the other day, is treat everybody you meet like you're not working with them the rest of your life. Because um, it, it's very possible, especially in Nashville, Tennessee, very yeah. small town. And uh, you've heard this since you were a kid, but treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated. So everybody's human. Everybody honestly has the same goal here. We're all just chasing a stream. We're working music, man. Like, we could be miserable working, like, which some people probably love this, but you could be a, an accountant working in a cubicle or something. I mean, which, more power to you, but yeah. we're working music. So <laughs> we, have, we have very little to complain about. So just, just keep on going. Don't give up, because there's going to be times where, like, you're going to be like, why am I doing this? This is not what I signed up for. It's just all part of the journey. Just yeah. keep on going. Well, guys, there you have it, my conversation with Brayden Griffith. Brayden, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had an awesome time talking with you. Everyone, go follow him on Instagram at Griffith, And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Lance Martin, steel guitarist for William Michael Morgan. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.